hate me. Too many stabbings of lately. Yet, you call me a nigga. Brother, I'm not a nigga. I'm a father, a teacher, a community leader, a soul singer. Hello all, it is finally here, the HP podcast. Here is where we will be discussing and unpacking issues affecting you, me, everyone in general. HP has published music books and skits over the years to bring into light a slow but constant flow of mediums generated to uplift and more importantly to generate awareness to open but most definitely to close off the mindset of defeatism. Providing a comfortable space, a haven for wandering minds. For many years, HP has been publishing materials for the streets and also the seeker, looking in-depth at factors affecting the times. Now we open the scope even wider. As knowledge increases, our understanding grows to new heights, and while our heart expands, generosity widens too unlimitedly. Our time we use well, as our minds expand. 2023 is the year we move to the next level of consciousness. The limitlessly opening of the mind where all possibilities are attainable, Nothing is out of reach to the ones that strive. Welcome to the show. HP is educating the streets, all right reserved. This is a HP nanofilm. Stay locked in. Welcome to the HP podcast episode one, God's image. What is a man? I was once told that man is a flower that blooms in the morning and then withered in the evening, a provider and protector for whatever he truly honors and values. Others say a man is simple, give him food and water and he will be happy. I must say this, simplicity has nothing to do with humanity. The human experience has shown to be the most complex of complexities soulful and divine as we stand bearing the weight of God's image. Too many of us have fallen asleep. Due to mind invasion, some are spiritually held captive. Oh, you sleeping giants, awake from your slumber. Your wife awaits you, and your family is looking forward to seeing God in you. The future awaits your presence. The power is within you to use a moment as a motivation to change any situation. I know times we all feel afraid, yet within our fear lies victory in order to get to this point, have proven that you are great. Your survival is one of nature's tests to show you are capable to adapt to changes. You have beaten the odds that were stocked up against you. You have already won, but simple strings ties you subtle web beseech your actions. What is it that you see in the mirror? Do you see God's image? A question that only you can answer, the answer which I need not know. But what I can tell to you is this. You are the supreme being in the world. You have the power of choice to choose. O oh, you image of God, it is time for you to see how magnificent you are, contrary to those who told you something else. It is all a mind game. The universe is all mind. Once you can see it in your head, you can hold it in your hands. 
Have you ever heard about wetiko? Well, wetiko is a terminology that is used to describe mental illnesses in other ancient cultures. It is the disease of the mental attitude of someone operating in their lower frequency. Does this sound familiar? If you can hear it, surely you can see the image of God. Okay, one and all, I will read a few excerpts from the book, My Meditations, The Master Teacher's Teaching. After listening, I hope you take the time to self-evaluate the content of this audiobook for yourselves and discuss the material with someone else. If possible, buy a copy of the e-book on Amazon, because I believe everyone will be inspired after reading it. Keep listening to the show and enjoy the rest of the content. Let's start with the first excerpt. Part 1. The Day We Met. We were all excited to have a chance to converse with the great master. Some wanting to lament on issues that lingered on their minds. Others came from different backgrounds looking for answers. Many spiritual enthusiasts and noble men congregated with burning questions for the arrival of the teacher. What is clear, they all had something in common. The quest for inner peace and on the pursuit of answers. Firstly, they started arguing while others debated pressing issues while the master teacher sat silently observing. One question to another, how can one enter the state of higher consciousness? Is it through deeds and studious acts? A man from the front row shouted, what books can we read to prepare our minds? As they argued back and forth, wrestling with thoughts, they grappled with their philosophies. I've listened to podcasts that surely affected my way of thinking, said a well-dressed woman, as she continued to explain away her feelings about her accomplishments. A young man, clad casually sat close to her amidst the group, replied, First thing first, we should all stop watching the news and turn the dawn radios off, chuckling as he mumbled. Sitting still, the master teacher kept quiet as contention erupted, looking in silence. The young master frequently used the act of non-action to resolve a given situation with his students. He believed you could solve problems through dialogue and finding truth in reasoning in a discussion. Slowly it finally dawned on them as the group realized what transpired. They came seeking for what they knew all along. As one Rastaman begins to probe how one attains higher consciousness. The master teacher inhaled profoundly, then slowly outwards and calmly responded. The journey is walking the path, trying to find self through internal exploration and self-development. This will be journey of solitude with little or no external intervention. The most difficult challenges are to put aside all those one deems comfortable, attachments, social habits and life pleasures. It is like that saying, to see one must turn off the lights and to find self, one must lose the first person. The giving up all your earthly positions has things moving swiftly into the future as each day brings us further away and beyond. Some asked, what is the purpose of humankind and where we're heading and why? Ecclesiastical philosophers explained its uselessness in being entrenched in the indulgence of greed, likewise the ancient concepts of the five keen senses. He explained it's best to have one day been your best self than one thousand years drifting away from the path. It's becoming the understanding that all things are one thing, 
up and down motion on one polar axis, so much as the removal of eggs from a baked cake and the lemon from the lemonade mixture. From one blood comes all blood. Many struggles to find identity as an individual, while some seeks independence from the herd. Guess what? The more we are connected to all those regards indifferent, hence the phrase, all I am is all that is. Just as thoughts come from one place, it is impossible to separate a man from his dreams and the words he bring forth to his reality. For some, the greatest battle is mental. Many world wars fought over humankind's craze for ideologies. Trust, envy, greed, pride and anger challenged the untamed spirit. The fools laughed at the journeyman that tamed the senses, often ridiculed by the mindless lacking knowledge of the way. So, one best action is to walk on alone. Better to walk alone than have a fool for company. Fool's destination is unknown, likened to debris blowing in all directions. What must be clear, a good teacher is not creating another version of himself. What must be understand is that no one can genuinely teach another, and from whence cometh the assistant, most become a likeness. In other words, the student take on the persona of the teacher. The path is simple, yet complexities are numerous on one right to passage. It requires the discipline of the body as well as self-restraint. Oh, these simple webs that tangle the feet of the modern human, importance, accomplishments, recognition and adorations, these things hold so dearly. Master the art of letting go or being dragged along. Many chained by desires, admiration, comparability and honor, subtle crutches, yet many lean on them to feel relevant. The master teacher teaches an obsessive mind is like a pig with a ring tied in its snout. These egotistical demeanors chain one's heart. In some cases, people count breaths to stabilize the mind and obtain single-mindedness. Introspection is one searching for answers within oneself. Mental exploration of the possibilities, searching for answers deep in the cave of the mind. With the belief that all answers lie within, one grapples with slippery threads of strings of thoughts. As good students will come to find out that the best teacher resides inward, some refer to the figure as one's inner soul. In other words, the inner voice debating with oneself. Just through reasoning, great solutions reveal in the quest for definition. My meditations in its first conception, the manuscript was riddled with complexity. One grappled with the theory in its original format. I found clarity, a solution breakthrough with critical thinking. Many Eastern cultures use the art of meditation to heal and filters angry thoughts from entering the mind, likened to therapy chips away at possibilities as it guides one throughout. Simple rules like stop, look and listen a time to evaluate the probabilities and examine the likelihood of chances. Questioning self, what if, should I? The master teacher's work is subtle and when he completes a job, the student takes all the credit for the task. Look, I have figured it out. I've got it. I can see it now. Yet it was there all along. You have only just discovered where it was all along. Who can fine-tune the universe to its order? Only nature can permit new forms of natural existence. Here I find lessons in things. Hunger is innate to humankind's biology. Likewise, senses need no teacher to learn. This is an HP publication. HP is educating the streets. It gives me a feel of motivation. It's like in defense where you think you have failed, you have 
giving up. It's saying, you know, to me it's just saying, you know, push on. It's like your day will come. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. So it's just motivational. So you want to say you're you're like, okay, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to push on because it's like the saying, you know, every dog has their day. So it will be your day soon if you just keep doing what you're doing and it will pay off in the end. So The master teacher was interviewed by the intellectuals. They were all sitting upright, back straight with legs crossed, as a thin hand ruffled through a pile of white paper. On top of the heap looked to be possible questions compiled targeted at the young master. It was apparent that words have got around, so rightly most hosts were prepared for discussion or interrogation of the philosophy of the master teachings. An intellect proceeds with the engagement. Firstly, placing a glass of water down on the table with paper-thin like hands, put on a black spectacle, then read, Academically speaking, how does one attain knowledge in your words? And what's the best avenue to embark on? And may I also add, what is the best format for scholastic changes? And is this change constant? If so, is it a concept you can place in an equation? Staring at the young master with a sophisticated demeanour, the master teacher spoke softly, as each philosophical word introduced the concept of the alchemist and the importance of the four elements. He softly explained, Often within reasoning, one contemplates the science of transmutation. Through the act of turning base metal to gold and moving elements from commonality to the supreme state via purification. The master teacher teaches, to purify gold, the goldsmith must apply affirmative actions and heat application that helps to mold the precious metal, ascertain the skill techniques to make it fashionable. Many manufactured the king of metal. In awe, nature is sculpted in the shape of a nugget that was once heated minerals moving in the earth's crust likened to a diamond in its raw form. It lacks sheen, hence the term, the diamond in the rough, pure beauty, a stone crafted by the elements, merely a piece of carbon-based charcoal formed by the earth's pressure. The concept of transmutation, processing fruits and vegetables into alcohol through the process of fermentation, a butterfly from a chrysalis, advance, transforming the common man to the illuminated light, his best self, one's highest self, the supreme being. The alchemist is likened to a master swordsman, perfecting his weapon and transforming average metal fabrics into a soulful blade. The samurai sword goes through many stages before completion. Masterfully, it's made to precision, crafted to give balance to its weight. The master practitioner understands that each step on the way is the journey of a diamond. One must withstand heat and undergo high levels of pressure to form. One is transporting from one state to another in the process of self-evolution, magnum opus, chef d'oeuvre, the masterpiece, or the great work. In an ever-shifting reality, chemical components correlate and mutate in multiple fusions where metal fabric is burnt into shape. The four elements of nature are air, earth, fire, and water, compose in the essence of all things, physical and personal characteristics, atone to the four diatonic musical chords, major, minor, dominant, and diminished. Air represents the wind movements, the communication of words, and being imaginative earth, the physical appearance of the ground, measurements, personal growth, logic, and root in the foundation. Fire. On a planetary level, fire represents the sun's heat, volcanic activities, purification, personal strength, 
positivity, confidence and courage. Water, the element of life, fertility, cleansing, prosperity, personal peace within, healing and clarity. Naturally, the four elements are equally balanced. Each state complements one another, as fire needs water to cool and the earth needs air to move it. Psychologically, strength needs guidance, as life obstacles need moving. As a dinner service prepared to its importance, the entanglement between the giver and receiver, the teacher and the student, no existence can transpire without each other. Another student asked, What's a man's job? Is hard work significant to results? And if that's so, what does one need to do to accomplish? In hindsight throughout history, states constructed on the sacrifices of the people. The populace put the nation first to reach one goal, just as a good man put his family before himself. The master teacher looked around as if to be in thought. He sighed, stroking his beard gently. Then carefully he replied, The act is fluid when mastered. Scars heal over time by none doing. Weary eyes revitalized by sleeping, doing nothing. To do ones expect rewards. To not do makes one unworthy of being rewarded. Hence, expectation. Neither praise nor blames, one becomes free. What difference does it make if you win or lose? Nature is too complicated if you try to fix it, you'll only ruin it. Can you rearrange the stars or stop the bird's natural desire of flying? The wind can never move a mountain, so the master teacher teaches and sees all things as it is. It's all already done. Many get entangled in attachments such as light feathers, but still it weighs them down. The enlightening walk on. Some rush to gather treasures because wealth will bring some respect and admiration. The life lesson learnt is never to leave your work to assist another. Your task is to complete your work. This is an HB publication. HB is educating the streets. God, you caught up in your madness. What's this you've established? Matchbox tricks and traits leading your modern slaves. Got you locking wages, working hands to blade. Oh, man, amazed. Smoking mirror days. Slavery. This is modern 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 days. The cynics argued, you've made a claim that all things end in disappointment and everything is moving from order to disorder. How can this be so? From my life experiences, all the wealthy people I've seen have the best lifestyle and enjoy the luxury of the day, said one cynic. The upper classes are in control of the wealth and hand it down from generation to generation. Ones can see the monarchies riding around on chariots of gold, driving high-powered vehicles and hosting luxurious parties, eating well and living a life most people cannot and may never achieve. Why should one not look to keep all that one has? The more wealth, the merrier, a cynic exclaimed, rubbing both hands together as others in the audience concurred. Then he continued to further add, We are living in a time where it is all about feeding one's egos, shopping, dining, fame, luxury, 
enjoying friendship and social connectivity. Who doesn't want to enjoy life and keep up with the trends of the times? It is all about living in the now, as they blurted into laughter. How dare this man challenge the way we do things? We have a system that has been proven and tested for a year on end. Our norms are exported around our vast empire. Have you ever heard of capitalism? This system has made our way of existence the envy of the developing world. This man is a communist. His views are from the old Karl Marx handbook. A socialist, for your information on this side of the world, we live a life without boundaries. We strive for exploration, markets and industrialization, trailblazing setting the bar on financial capitalization. Those who dares wins need not any limits placed on human achievements. I find your rhetoric despicable, to be frank. Your views are comical. This is a great country where the standards are set for the rest of the world to follow. I've heard ones refer to you as master, but a master of what? What discipline have you under your command? You're a terrible joke, an insult to this panel. Who can lecture us on our values? Oh, dare you. Our traditional norms, formalities and freedom of expression solidified our future. With this system of ours, many had the liberty to be the owner of many real estates, furthermore owning stock in the stock market, giving one the liberty to have assets in a multinational organization. These successes allow one to extend gratitude to fellow citizens by providing jobs and the ability to have a steady income for workers, providing workers' children with a decent upbringing. What's more wonderful? As profits continue to profess, the wealth will away trickle down toward the bottom. And as for the small people at the bottom, all needed is for them to work harder and pull themselves up by the bootstrap. The crowd erupted at the end of the cynic speech. As the young master sits staring at a painting on the wall of William Churchill, the audience shouted, Capitalism! Capitalism! The cynic asked aggressively, Do you not believe a hard day's work merits rewards? And isn't work the tool for building a given society? What can one benefit from non-action? The master teacher listened attentively, with a smile on his face, as he replied, Ones must be aware of the five slaves, the starving senses. What are these? The master teacher teaches, one is the slave to vision. Look, see all the world's wonders and possessions in sight. A weak mind lustful arouses visual appetite, just merely light waves at an angle perceived by one's eyes. The eyes, lusting burning desire attracts once, as pollinated flowers play on the bumblebee's fixated rush, likened to the devil tempting the old master, displaying the world in its splendor. Lot's wife was looking back at her treasures, even in her attempt to flee. Unfulfilled eyes were enslaved to the lusting visual of pleasant sight. The senses are mere slaves to desires, craven for momentary joy. Two is the slave to the sense of tasting. The tongue's appetite often brings undesired to one's waistline. What goes in will naturally come back out, bursting at the seams. Enlightened food is like good news that fills the soul. It is that juice that quenches the thirst of desire, that nutrient which nourishes the soul. As a fool feed at the table that feeds pleasant taste to the tongue, yet later bitterness visits the heart. The wise eats when hungry from the food of life. Just enough, it's that food that nourishes one's soul. Whenever you are tired, it will pick you up and weary legs can rest on it. The Roman army marched on its stomach, as so enlightened men stand on virtue. Three, the slave to the sense of touch. As gentle as a feather, soft to the touch, 
the feeling of caresses soothe a loved one, a lover's cuddle and warm embrace. A parent clutching the hand of a child brings a sense of security, yet the awakened is unmoved. Understanding comfort is temporary, only lasting for a moment in time, breaking free unchained. Four, the slave to the sense of smell. Summer fragrance brings a pleasant aroma to the nose. Flavors of roses pollute in the springtime, attracting bees that collect nectar for honey. The dampened smell of rain on the parched earth, the smell of cinnamon at the break of dawn, green grasses cut with a blade. Perfume amplifies one's presence. Five, the slave to the sense of hearing. Kind words are alluding to the ears like the wind, blowing melodic tunes and whistles in the leaves of trees, sweet as gossip to the ear, relaxing as doves singing songs. The ears love for listening, cute as a stream trickling down a gentle spring, whispering intrigues a listener's ear, a soft voice sobering to a good deed. These words stroke egos, tailored around the ear's likeness. Even so, the master practitioner sits in silence, listening to the full range of sound, unmoved, free, still as a lake. So what you are saying is desires are cravings for mental entrapments, one of the cynics questioned, and hungry senses act as a trigger for overcommitments and feverish interactions, the young master replied. Above all, humankind's only interaction with the world is through the five senses, and without sensibility, there is no communication with the outside world. That is to say, awareness is the conventional means of communication, which is the science of this reasoning. With this in mind, without being conscious of things, they're not in existence. Overwhelmed by the logic, one of the cynics got electrified, stood upward, then shouted, I've got it. The young master nodded, smiled and said, It takes one moment to learn for a lifetime, one rip, and it is all unraveled. Father, a teacher, a community leader, a soul singer. When it seems there's so much you want to do Don't you worry Don't you worry Just tune in to Tune in to H.P. Yo, HP, keep educated in the street. Nano. For many years, HP has been producing materials that affect the streets and the seeker, looking in-depth at factors affecting our times. This is a HP nanofilm. Stay locked in. The head, belly, and gut. In one's head, plans are executed. It's a space where all imagination and strings of thought are provocateurs. The head thinks because it doesn't know. 
Like sea waves, thoughts washed to the shoreline. Likened to an angry sea, monstrous high tides of thought crash against the rocky banks of the mind. Time's calming like a still lake, it sleeps. A troubled mind often likens to a crazed monkey swinging from branch to branch. No peace. The enlightened learn to calm the mind, emptying toxic, wasteful thoughts. The great boon is to be still. The master teacher teaches, whatever a man takes from the mind and brings into existence will live longer than his flesh. The brain is that creative space, where bits of thinking and uncompleted thought lie. The things that thoughts are made of fluctuate in cipher. The magnificent head, the world's greatest pharmaceutical production space. It produces some excellent chemicals, the best known to men, for example, dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins and serotonin, produced naturally by the brain that affects one's happiness. Cortisol, produced whenever in the presence of danger or stress. Adrenaline, testosterone and so on. On the other hand, the belly feels. It's that gut feeling many often say. The bad news is often felt in the stomach. The stronger the wailing, the thicker the pain. A mother's pain. The womb connects the child and the mother through the portal point at the navel. The feeling of success and the sense of hunger are all attributed to the lower stomach. That tingly butterfly feeling before a performance or a presentation. Great performers billowed from the belly. It's that low chakra wave, triggering secretions that preludes oxytocin. Food nourishes and alters mode through the belly. In contrast to the head, the heart knows. As the saying goes, listen to your heart. Strategies and weaponry enhance an army, but it takes men of brave hearts to enter the theatre of battle. A real leader speaks from the heart. A marching band's drums mimic the sound of a heartbeat to raise the morale and will of a squadron. The weak-hearted wear their heart on their sleeves. To conquer one must win the heart. A real warrior fights with the heart of a lion. A broken heart conquered the will of many men, heart-wrenching entrapped to past circumstances. Yes, seeker, follow your heart and be swift to do good, else the mind that is filled with folly will trap you. Roses flower in springtime, its aroma make pleasant fragrant. Yet still, the best virtues blossom from the heart. Decadence corrodes the heart of greedy men, Stock-pilling treasures beyond needs, restless, tasking while asleep. The noble possesses a heart of gold. This is an HB publication. HB is educating the streets. The hidden enemy. By all means, people try their hardest to evade adversaries, navigating with extreme care. Soldiers wrote books and others sing songs, sharing with the world gripping tales about coming face to face with the enemy. Often these encounter brings out fear in most people and increase heart rate. In the science of warfare, the rules are simple. Never underestimate the enemy. Furthermore, learning the psyche of an enemy is of high importance. Another principle of combat is to destroy your enemy before you are devoured. At military schools, soldiers are trained to withstand pressure through robust drills, a process by which mental toughness and physical agility improve in extreme conditions. The hidden enemy is elusive subtle indeed, often acting in a calculated way operating even when a battle is won and over, hidden deep within quiet spaces where the eyes can't envision, always present wherever the truth expresses, sinisterly muddying the water and affecting decisions, aloft, sitting on the fence when it is time for action. The enemy navigates in silence with waves of attack at night times, on the battlefield where gunshots are unheard, yet still many fallen casualties. 
In a modern theatre of warfare, the strikes are surgical. Many brave men and women tried to put up a fight, but in fear, they retreated, dodging in solitary trenches. Upon arrival, refusing to be undeterred, at times comforting as a friend, mostly in a solitary encounter in great pretense, as an attack on one's inner peace commences, no escaping, like predators advancing on their prey. They are playing on your doubts and fears, lust, greed and wavering thoughts of unforgiveness. You are in the clouds of overthinking, vindictiveness and retributions. Subtly web yarns, yet still they kept you entangled. Simple strings strung, however, are hard for you to break. Welcome to the greatest enemy you will ever meet. The hidden enemy is thoughts in your mind. master teacher told a story about fear and how it came into existence. A child taught of fear at an early age, he said, through words like don't, stop it, and behave. These terms are used to break the mind. Fear stems from the unknown. Concern and anxiety are the highest tension. So many people fear the sea, but isn't this the fish's home? The mountain goat climbs the steep hillsides for its nutrients, as these cliffs are of danger to men. Many are scared of heights, still the falcon soars high. A child knows no threat, so it walks freely, bypassing uncertainty thoughtless. The intellectual mind is racing with bright ideas, digging through a world of possibilities. The inventor sat in limbo with his tools, but with no intuition, as the talented are too busy perfecting their crafts. However, the journeyman lays down his burden, pursuing the path to its meaning. Why worry over what tomorrow brings? The future provides for itself, he said. Long-term planners cannot avoid what is ordained and sealed by fate. Just as old age is inevitable for the young, all will have to face the day. The master teacher teaches. The greatest fear is fear itself. This anxiety you hold, it's not of you. It has been around for durations, but one embraces this as a lover's hug. They are clinging on like a child clenching the hand of a mother. The fear of change ensnared the heart of humankind, bound like a camel to a desert land. The wind blowing is just a breeze passing through time, going on to become storms. Droplets of water grow into streams, cascading into the river and flowing into the sea. Still, many feet tight to the becoming of the stages, the continuation of one significant development. Does beauty only associate with the young? Or whitewash hair only found upon the head of the aging? I tell you this much. These concepts of perception are formulated to keep one from self-evolution the snared feet of progression. To brew the best wine comes with age. A bread can only complete at the baked stage, just as the oak tree takes time to be fully mature. A boy's most distinguished accomplishment is to be a man. You were fearless, like a child outreaching its tender hands at a burning flame. Parallel to a mountain ram feasting on the ledge of a cliff, no concern of a fall. Just as beauty akin to youth, experienced to the aged. One woman said, isn't it important to look pristine? As they say, a woman is as young as she feels. What's wrong with holding on to your youthfulness? He replied, can you catch the wind or hold oil in the palm of your hand? Strength in youth is a natural way of bolstering errors. The flexibility of a child resists most falls 
as the wise make steps with precision on the rocky path. A master's white hair shows he has stood the test of time and achieved his crown of whitewash hair. His beauty is now found in his deeds, which burn like a torch brazen to the eyes. With his wisdom, he moved people's minds, and with utterances, he conquered without a fight. He breaks chains with humility, and he prevails pure elegance in his dignity. A master mason constructed things to precision with pure stones. He perfected walls and erected great pillows for holding mansions. Once the old lady had the perfect hair. Her concern was how to adapt to these changes. Her creased face formed patterns, likened to the ripple markings stretched across the desert sand. Stand a human canvas for time, as each line in her face tells a story of her past. Every frown, her smile exhibited wrinkled, embroidered on the surface of her skin, carved by time. As most do, she tried to hold on to her youthfulness, once upon a time, but only to find the inevitable transformation for life duration. This lady was my grandmother, he said. We are all here to tell our story, a container of the past time. Your body encapsulated the essence of your journey. Does the moon show tension from just hanging above? The old moon lit the path for the traveller, and it pierced the lake without disturbing the water, likened to a master practitioner working his craft. Without effort, he executed to precision. With knowledge, what is there to fear? He said. An archer releases the tension from his bow to hit the target. As stress amplified, the arrow's trajectory hit the mark. Hold on, one skeptic said. So what you are saying is that fear is a concept installed in the minds of humankind to create doubts. And stop the process of natural progression? A student asked. If that is so, why am I afraid of snakes? He replied, one is afraid of a serpent as a child frightened of the dark. Of course, yes, a snake demands respect. It's expressed fright in defense of the unknown, yet fearless to the preservation of its habitat. It avoids things, not of its importance. It stayed inside occupied spaces which are not desirable to others. Just as a shark swims the oceans, the dominant occupier of its territory. For many years, HP has been producing materials that affect the streets and the seeker, looking in-depth at factors affecting our times. This is a HP nanofilm. Stay locked in. No progress in comfort. A well-dressed man amongst the crowd stood observing. His demeanor displayed he had some sort of concern. He said, I had worked hard to achieve the outcomes of my labor, and I had invested in the markets. From the holdings also of achievements, I set aside wealth for my later days. To be honest, I cannot say I am a poor person. In acquiring comfort, I am secured with all the things I need, he said. Hence why I am here, a little jaded with not a lot on hand. So growth in wisdom I seek. The master teacher smiled and looked at him, shook his head and replied, saying, All form of natural growth is associated with hardship. What can one achieve in luxury? The law of nature is to strive towards the stages, a lion, the king of the wild, still it must hunt to eat. If not, it sits in hunger. Just as a warrior must bear the pain of preparation to turn up for a battle, can one build muscles in comfort or gain great scholastic advancement without study? This is why the sages taught there is no progress in comfort. I tell you this, 
Show me a person without struggles, and I show you an unfulfilled soul, he said. A farmer's hand bears the marks of the labor placed on it. Should a planter enjoy the produce of the year returns, and not prepared for the next, what will be the future harvest? The farmer's job is to feed the nation. When can he rest? Just like a baby will always be its mother's child. Therefore, a parent job never ends. I tell you this much. The journeyman has no baggage to carry on the way. He has nothing to store away in fancy cases, nor warm, snug pillows for his headrest, he said. His demeanor is likened to a breeze, moving freely in the high trees. He kept propelling like the wind. The master teacher teaches if one should sit here, one can never get there. To accept this is to give up all of that. A man found comfort because he escaped hard times. So why now stop fighting? How can one throw away the tool that brought you to this point? Your pains, those sleepless nights, the use of little to get most of all. I tell you this much difficulties are essential to a journey as the progress I found in growth. How can one arrive at an end when you are coming from nowhere? A baby arrived here in tears, then the mother administered and nurtured with comfort, but a child's tears were likened to water to its growth. Look, see how the swans flew south, leaving all that they found. No nesting as they kept on going, no attachment to those trees that met along the path. Okay, so what you are saying here is that one should not relish in one's achievements, but I work hard to get to this stage where I can relax and make others do the hard work for me, said the proud man. The young master laughed and then said, What is your job? Who can do your work? Your job is to develop your work, mastering your mastery. Who can master the fiddle for the fiddler? Can an unskilled hand master the hunter's blade? I tell you this. Without precision, a warrior's spear brings him no hunt, so he perfected his craft through repetition. He is restlessly in the act of exceeding the last catch, pushing on further afield to maximize gains. He understood each find needed improvement because once a cover is exposed, it becomes useless to the game. A young woman came from a far distance and wanted to talk to the young master. She appeared sad and disheartened from a situation she said that scarred her. She started to explain how trust issues have affected her and placed doubts on her moral compass. So she asked, Why is it that when the limitation is extended, it appears to stay stretched? And why is it that when the trust is broken, it is beyond repair? The master teacher replied, A moral compass is a tool that must be used only if it has been put in place by the users. In other words, the moral on which one rests must be principles that the individuals put in place. Note, when the rules you were instructed to follow failed, and the boundaries that outline the perimeter of your guide collapse, it should be no longer respected. Sincerely, who can believe in a system of trust that is proven to let people down? When all hope is crushed, moral injuries lead to faithlessness and the unwillingness to believe in hope. Consequently, most individuals often will be turned inward with woes weighing heavily on the heart. Just as once an act of fear is seen by the eyes, it is impossible to retract such vision from the mind. If those rules followed brought one to failure, what good are they? I tell you this much, what worked in the past may never work again. So many people got caught up in the notion of what to expect. Expectations are seen through the eyes of hopefulness where hope is the things one wishes for that cannot be seen. Just as infidelity generates distrust, 
and moral injuries cause doubts. The sages teach once the hand is bitten, the attitude of the giver becomes shy. Okay, so what I'm gathering from this is that once a moral injury occurred, it steals away the belief mechanism and accelerates the seeker's lack of motivation to change a given situation, she said. The master teacher replied, for a rancher to break a horse, he must first take away the belief in its freedom. Stripped of its strength, only then it learned to comply. Broken its mind to confine it in the belief that its strength cannot change the situation. Of course, a stallion will put up a fight in the beginning in the hope, once the damage is done, the barn door can leave open. In the art of psychological warfare, the sages understood the science of silent weapons for the quiet war. The subtle drip of the water cut away at a solid stone, the iron fist in a velvet glove. The art of no action when the enemy wanted you to fight the most. The master teacher teaches your greatest fight is won without raising a muscle, he said. A battle is won in silence, distance away from the hard, treacherous terrain of the battlefield. For the self-centered mindset, grief's only satisfaction is in revenge. A philosophy chained in what it has for me. Look, you were free, born without notions of bounders and perimeters. Even so, you lust for accolades, recognition and status from humankind. All one needed is provided at birth. Still, many crave the approval of others. These simple strings, yet they bound the feet, subtle silk cords that web the heart. All of life's actions are in the bucket of life such as dishonesty, goodness, faithful, disloyal, have and lost. Can one achieve one without the other? The only thing that is for sure is changes. My father once said, see these scarred hands. They carry the imprint of the markings clutching onto desires like a hunter catching wildebeests by rope. I have only the marks on my hands to show for my efforts. Let go or be dragged along, he said. Nature lessons. The master teacher teaches. Often the best lessons are learnt from the animal's kingdom, whereas each animal teaches a life lesson. The more inferior animals tend to do things as a group to counter-react for size as the beasts rule with fierce aggression. The lacking of strength animals tend to act with conning smartness to prevail. The jackal, for instance, is one of the few animals that survive off the hunt of others. Though slight in built, it is a genius to outwit some of the more potent beasts of the wild. It is present wherever a hunted kill is available, picking at the edge of what's accessible. Even if this means eating after the big cats feasted, still, it consumed meals by outsmarting the others. The jackal is a thinker. Its weapon is its mind, always waiting for an opportunity to emerge. One student asked, why should a person behavior mimic such an act of the jackal? I perceive this to be a cowardly act. Who wants to eat leftovers anyway? A proud human must fight for basic survival. The survival of the fittest is paramount. Then the master teacher responded, if you observed the marketplace, one could see a vast supplier may have a significant fraction of the market. However, this doesn't mean one can't enter the same market and make a profit. It would be foolish to come in direct competition. One instead can apply the characteristics of the jackal to maximize survival. Merely by picking up where the more prominent participants left off, the portion of the market left over for the taken. See, unlike the lion behavior pattern, share aggression and dominance, commanding respect with brutality and strength, its apparent direct assault brings enormous competitiveness. Savageness only attracts other forces of hostility. An alpha male lion is often overthrown by another. Hence, direct competition mostly ended in one dominant owner. 
be mindful of one's size before entering such an encounter. On the other hand, birds fly, but not all fowls can fly like an eagle. Some birds fly only when in danger. Though penguins and ostriches got wings, they're incapable of taking flight. Lesson learnt ones can have similar abilities, but it's what and how these attributes evolve. The ant kingdom operates in unison, structured to maintain its survival in the wild. Ants work toward a single achievement, multiple parts moving in a large organization. Though small in size, they are one of the most powerful in shifting objects many times their body weight. They are builders of microcytes. An anthill arrangement mimics city likeness in its functionality. What's lost in size made up in numbers, nature lesson observed. The constructive nature of a spider is illustrated in cleverness and patience. To eat it weaves its silk to capture its prey. Spiders, a designer by nature indeed, a real architect. It web-inspired prominent buildings in the modern world, the Pentagon and bridge designs, and even typologies for network infrastructure. Laying down its traps is the method of their natural ability. Many captured preys laid victim to the spider's web of deception. Invincible silk structured to entrap insects in the dark of night. Hence the term web or network in some cases is called a mesh. Similarly, a lace in other complexities. Often moths fell fouled to the trappings of the spider's silk. As a natural followers of lights, they often snared by the spider's cobweb while navigating toward the glow. Nature lessons observed. Be aware of traps. At the end of the tunnel, the web of deceptions lies close to the glow. That once-in-a-lifetime deal turned out to be a sting operation. The city lights that promised so much splendor but brought one only demised. The network that only promised but never delivered. As a black widow sat in the middle of its web, allowing easy access to movement occurrences. Its spinning silk often lurked in the passage before the light source. One student asked what you're saying animals are there to teach a lesson. He responded, what is even more critical? Animals are life's way of teaching, otherwise known as the lessons of life. The same force that contained one life possesses all. All living things are in the pale of life and are in action working for nature. All of the existence in nature tells a story. The martial artist is composed of many of the defensive attributes of the animals in the wild. For instance, the mantis fighting style, crane, the monkey, the angry bear, the snakes, and the eagle are all fighting skills techniques rooted in the animal defense system. Just as a butterfly's beauty attracts the eyes, how gracefully they move toward flowered trees is a magnificent sight to behold. Pleasant on the eyes, yet a transition had taken place for such accomplishment. It was once a caterpillar crawling on the ground, overlooked by many, now with flapping wings. It glides through the air, tangled feet. Often the students and the master teacher would take long strolls in the woods and the hilly terrains in the countryside. The young master frequently refreshes his mind with the act of walking distance. Most students think he's just meditating on issues that challenge his thoughts. A frequent encounter with others strolling the hillside woodland is typical on June days. A lady got trapped in the master's path. She stopped in his pathway tangled feet. Destiny, he said. Sorry, she exclaimed. They both tried to move their separate ways. Still, both collided toward the left, bumped into each other again, and stepped right to make way. And the same thing happened. The lady smiled and said, Nature sent you to me. Her shoulder limped and her head hang low. It was apparent there were some troubles. Depression is an illness, 
and the master teacher refers to it as the old black dog. It may go away for a time, but it always returns to its owner, he said. He further extended, just as a good dog owner takes the dog for a walk and throws a stick for it to fetch, so one's sorrows return at one's feet. At time, ones go jogging in the park. Still the old black dog trails in pursuit behind one's feet. Some tried to chase it away with rocks while others leave it in the woods, only to find that it makes its way back home. She asked, what is the fastest way to get there? The master teacher replied the most extended way round. The master teacher lamented about the ice lollipop. The ice lolly is critical in expressing how thoughts change from one state to another. It can be hard or solid in form, but it's open to diversity. One moment it is stable, then transformation takes it to liquidity, just as a belief can move from sure to unsure. The fact things are in constant evolution, therefore what is the truth? If one moment, something was in a physical state, then totally erased from view. Just as thoughts are moving from solidity to uncertainty, the master teacher teaches to know when to let go. It will all fade away in time. One moment, a thing can be so much potent over time it fades. This icicle represents one's achievements in beauty and all its elegance, one's ego, desires, urges and impulses, likened to match flame that cools down after hitting maximum heat. So all things defrost after the point of freezing. All things got their moment in time via the senses. Toughness will last a moment. Hence old age leads to years of delicate times. I tell you one thing, I see all items as one. Everything in life peaks, then returns to the source of nothingness, and after the climax begins the stages of tranquility. The cycle of summit and devaluation, the ever-revolving door of got it then losing, the spiral trap of the dualist. The future is already here. It is just unevenly distributed. Later at night, all the students were outside. It was late, and some people were getting in the hope to be early to bed. The accommodation was comfy, rated five stars, and as to most the reward of such promises, great satisfaction. The young master on the ground looked up at the skyline. Are you coming inside? one asked. The master teacher replied, Inside are only stars accredited by organizations. Out here millions of disorganized starlight freely available. Why sleep under five stars, when millions of galaxies sparkle overhead in the night? Here all are equal under the roof of the atmosphere, it's incredible how many people rushed inside only to discover the outdoor main attraction. The balcony windows are only impressive for their views of the night. Just as doors provide protection, the best attribute is the freedom to leave from within their confines. To be secured is the starting of fear, thus opening doors always welcoming to a visitor. To be out in the open evades inquiry, thus eliminating the observer interest. Titles and accolades give one prestige, but the universe provides all in abundance, everything one truly desires. Fame, luxury, gives a rush to the appetite of one sense, yet stardust accredited for most of the compounds in the human body. It's you, it is us, whatever it is. Whenever the star glows, we all shine together. Can one replace the star's light with a handheld lamp? The sun ray is likened to food for men. It provides nourishment to the skin, while nutrition for the earth vegetation, the energy field in the ground keeps one connected. Many rush to the confines of four walls. Here the wind blows without impediment. Isn't this freedom? Isn't there more leisure in space than confinement? Obsessive men pay overpriced for things they have in abundance. What price can one place on a star? 
My father slept under these billions of stars, and so did his father before him. It took eight years for this light to reach the lake. By the time it hit one's eyes, it was almost a decade old, a light year. Our sun, the mater star, the life giver, everything depends on its every move. The rights of Pibby Prince are identified as the author and narrator of this work. It has been asserted under the Copyright, Design, and Patent Act of 1988. This audiobook must not be reproduced in whole or in part without the written permission of the writer, except by reviews which may quote a brief passage from the book, must not be stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form by any means. Electronic or mechanical, photocopying, recording, or others, without the author's written permission. This is a House of Prints publication, and all rights are reserved, otherwise stated. HP would like to acknowledge Mayor Lindsay's contribution to the introduction of the project, where a snippet of the poet's work was used with his consent, and also skits attributed by Shireen Locke throughout the project are appreciated by the producer. <laughs>